As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Late night Midnight on the interstate And I didn't feel so great Welcome back to Straight from the Source. I'm Michael Russo coming to you on the eve of the NHL season. And on the eve of the NHL season, is there a better guest at all to get than Bruce Boudreau? Uh, We talk so many fun things during this upcoming podcast that you'll listen to. He breaks down Nick Benino and Jared Spurgeon. He's tickled pink about Jared Spurgeon becoming the next wild captain. He talks about the weird season, the importance of a good start. He breaks down every single division and who he thinks is going to win. Tell some old stories about Ovechkin and Getzlaff and uh, Paul Dvorsky. Um, it's pretty awesome. Not only, by the way, is Bruce Boudreaux uh, a hopeful, aspiring uh, NHL coach who wants to get back and strap on those boots again, but he is going to be doing TV in the time being as he hopefully waits for a job. He'll be doing NHL Network, and he broke to us during the show that he's going to be doing uh, pre- and post-game uh, caps uh, TV this year. So that'll be pretty uh, fun to, to listen to and to watch as well. Um, if you are a Wild fanatic, uh, this has been an, a crazy training camp. It's hard to believe that on Wednesday the Wild will fly to California and play a four-game road trip against the LA Kings and the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, rosters have to be set at 4 p.m. on t- uh, today, on Tuesday. Uh, 4 p.m. Central, that is. And uh, the Wilds roster is pretty much set. I'm not anticipating any waiver claims, so don't think that Tyler Johnson or Derek Ryan is going to wind up being on the Minnesota Wild by the time this podcast. Uh, what what the Wild roster has, uh, the Wild get, and they feel up the middle, which is probably the biggest uh, you know, uh, 
at least perceived weakness of the Wild, that they feel like if they ever come injuries or poor performance, they could always move Jordan Greenway there, Marcus Johansson there, or Nico Sturm, three guys that are playing wings. So I don't see the Wild picking up a center today. Obviously, it's been an eventful, albeit brief, camp. Jared Spurgeon named captain. Bruce Boudreaux talks a lot about that. Uh, The NHL debut of Kirill Kaprizov is coming up. On Thursday against the LA Kings, I cannot wait. He absolutely is what a- is advertised, at least playing against each other in camp. He, he, the way he shoots the puck, the way that he skates, his smartness is unlike a lot of different wild players in history, uh, except for maybe one guy, and that's Kevin Fiala, who I think is poised to have uh, a much better uh, start to the season. If he has a much better start to the season, he should finish the way he ended last year, which was like a superstar. He's He just has looked, uh, you know, like he's about to pick up where he left off last year. And the other big uh, headline of this training camp is Cam Talbot's very good camp, again, playing against each other in the wild, as you know, uh, had one of the worst goaltending uh, statistics in the league last year with Devin Dubnik, and they're just trying to get a lot uh, more stability in net, and they feel if they have more stability in net that they could be one of the four teams in the new West Division to make the playoffs. But without further ado, let's go right to Bruce Boudreaux. I'm very happy to be joined by returning champion Bruce Boudreaux, the first ever guest on Straight from the Source. It was from your uh, your old basement here in uh, Minnesota. And uh, Bruce, I think you've done about every athletic podcast, Craig Custance. You've definitely done Burnside and LeBron and probably about 10 of these. Yeah, I seem to uh, uh, be attracted to the athletic these days. So it's all good, though. All good people. So uh, I like working with good people. And you are the new owner, the proud owner of the USPHL, the Premier Hockey League, uh, the same league that your Coon Rapids uh, Minnesota Blue Ox is in. You're the new proud owner of, let's let, should we call them the Hershey Kisses, the Hers- Hershey Bars? What will they be called? I don't know what they're going to be called, but I'm sitting there sometimes just shaking my head saying, what the hell are you doing? But <laughs> um, I said, I can't seem to get away from it. And the opportunity came up and it just seemed like, such a perfect fit for everything and uh uh so you know went ahead and and purchased a team here uh now it's now i'm waking up going oh my god there's so much work to do what are you like you nuts or what so uh we'll see how it goes as long as i'm working in hockey uh it's keeping me busy and it's something that i know so i enjoy it you're right and hopefully you'll be an nhl coach uh and you could leave that to somebody else but uh but it is no kidding you know what yeah, what what I thought was really cool is that the press release was obviously sent out by Crystal, but it was it looked like it was written by the by the Hershey Bears, which just shows you that they're obviously supporting this, which is huge when you bring a junior team to a market, right? Yeah, they are supporting it, and it was their broadcaster that um, did it for us, and uh, uh, you know, with the blessing of Hershey Bears, blessing of Herco, which runs uh, all the uh, entertainment in in the Hershey area and with the the blessing of of Hershey's candy which is uh, the other big uh, monopoly here so I mean I think if we if we can get <clears throat> we do the right things and we have their blessings I think uh, good things can happen it, it is neat I, I remember when you when and you still own the Minnesota Blue Ox and and um, but when you had your camps here that Brady and you used to run and Ben used to come in for um, 
used to ha- used to part of the giveaways for these kids were these giant Hershey bar like prizes that they would get. Hershey would just send you tons and tons of stuff for this, right? Yeah, I mean, I have uh, uh, a friend that uh, donates a lot of stuff to us for the hockey schools, and <clears throat> he's been he's been a really good uh, good friend to us over the years. And and as a matter of fact, he's going to be uh, a minority owner in this team here. So uh, I expect more from him <laughs> <laughs> as far as chocolate's concerned. <laughs> What what made you go back to Hershey? I know you loved it there, but you did sell your house, so this was a this was a big uh, deal when you when you left Minnesota and actually decided to go. Oh, you could have picked anywhere in the world to go, Bruce, uh, but you chose Hershey. What do you love about that community? Well, you know, it was crazy because we were in that situation. I said, I you know, I, it was a hard thing for me to leave Minnesota. I really liked uh, our house, our area, and everything, but I, I have a hard time staying in the town and. Uh, listening to all the Minnesota wild stuff. And, and, uh, so, and every time you go out, people are asking you what happened. And, uh, so when we were thinking of a, a place now, Crystal is American. And I mean, I could have gone back to Toronto, which, uh, city uh, that I love and, or St. Catharines, which is close to it. But we felt we wanted to stay in the States and, um, uh, didn't want to go further out West because our family is, all our family's back east, and Hershey is pretty regional uh, that you can reach everything driving in a day that we wanted to 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 be at. Plus, I mean, uh, I had a lot of friends, a lot of success when I lived here, and um, uh, I kept coming back. When I was living in Anaheim, we had a house here. We kept coming back here for the summer, and we only moved when we moved to Minnesota was that when we gave up our house, and there was a house that I was always dreaming that I wish I could afford to live in, uh, which was right on the golf course at the Hershey Country Club, and, and it became available. So, you know, it uh, it seemed like a really good fit. And uh, for a place that that we want to live, like uh, our forever house, but with the same knowledge that if I get a coaching job somewhere else, that it's we're just going to get up and go and, and get an apartment and, and – uh, and leave this this house here, but it would be somewhere we'd always come back to. Right. Um, and uh, how far are you from Paul Dvorsky, by the way, the former ref? Well, now I'm about a solid two miles away. So, I mean, uh, um, before he was next door, uh, but uh, I guess I yelled at him a little too much and he wanted to be a little further away from me. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, when you egged his house, I bet you that was uh, yeah, probably well, another Yeah, but that reason. was a fun... That was a fun thing. Like, I mean, um, we made up pretty quickly. I mean, it's uh, uh, for people that don't know the story. My first year coaching, we lost in seven games in overtime in the seventh game in the playoffs to Philly. And it was on a a power play uh, that he had called a penalty, a neutral zone penalty uh, for a trip. That was, it was a trip, but it was a neutral zone penalty in, in overtime. And when they scored, um, we came home and we were joking around and, uh, the second day we came home and we, we went and threw some eggs on his house and toilet papered his house. And then I apologized the next, uh, a couple days later because it was hot out and he's the only one in the neighborhood that had the pool. So <laughs> it, uh, it worked. <laughs> we're still friends. That is funny. 
We're talking with uh, former Wild Ducks and Capitals coach uh, Bruce Boudreaux. 567 career NHL victories, the third highest points percentage in NHL history in the regular season behind Scotty Bowman and John Cooper. Also now, Bruce, a studio analyst for NHL Network. You're actually going to New Jersey for the first time tomorrow, right? Yeah, I mean, and you know what? That's pretty exciting because uh, um, getting to getting to go there on opening night um, for hockey, because I think the, the hockey world will be pretty excited tomorrow to get this thing going. I mean, it's going to be obviously a little bit different with no fans in the building. But at the same point, uh, I think the world is getting accustomed to seeing sports events with no fans in it. But the, And we found that the players uh, are, are, are still going just as hard their intensity is just as much so it should be uh should be an exciting night to uh, especially exciting first week to see how teams have come out of this shortened mm-hmm. training camp no preseason games um and, and to see how uh how how many people how, how many injuries happen early in the season because of this or how many sloppy plays result into goals and how much great goaltending we get early on in the, in the season. Yeah, that's that'll be the most interesting thing is the sloppiness to start or the goalies ahead of the shooters or vice versa. And that brings me, Bruce, to the first question from Elon, uh, who has always has great questions when he asks on Twitter. But he says, how would you go about motivating a team quickly in a circumstance like this with a pandemic shortened season? Obviously, a fast start is needed, so you don't want to fall behind. Um, and he also says he misses you and hopes you're well. Well, I appreciate that, Elon. And, and I just think, uh, like, I would stress the fact that we, there's no time to waste. I mean, um, your, your first 10 games are, are going to be, uh, like, um, like playing into Thanksgiving on a normal, normal year. And, uh, usually teams that aren't in a playoff position by Thanksgiving have a very difficult time making the playoffs. And so I'm, putting that down to 10 games if you're at the 10 game mark and and you're hopelessly like you're two seven and one or something you're going to have be a real struggle to make the playoffs so the 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 start is is so important and uh um and i think we would really uh make sure that that was well known to the players but that would have come from a, a, a pretty difficult training camp i think to make sure that they're uh, up to up to the effort and conditioning wise, and if you're in better shape at the beginning of the year, you might be able to wear down teams that aren't ready to go. So I mean, that's that's how I my approach would be. But I mean, the the players would hear would have heard almost every day, or they would have heard from every, me every day about the the start and how important it is. Yeah, you guys, I remember, wasn't it the Ducks, actually, in in, uh, the lockout shortened 2012 season? Didn't you get off to just a ridiculous tear to win the Pacific? Yes. No, we were were fabulous, quite frankly. I mean, Chicago in the Central, I think, set a record started where they were threatening Philadelphia's um, 33-game record of points. But from the start, I think they went 25 games, and they had just blown everybody out of the water. for catching them, except we were 22 and three, I think at the start of that season. So we were right there with them and they won the, uh, yeah, I think the president's trophy for 48 games, but we were second. And uh, again, 
we were really talked about the start and how important it was. And, and we got off to a great start. I think we were eight and one or nine and one after 10 games and we didn't look back. What is the added wrinkle of only playing seven teams all year? You know, like say, you know, the Minnesota's in the Pacific. You only get to play your seven teams. You don't get those freebies against the other division or the other conference this year. So if you fall behind, as you've alluded to, I mean, it is going to be really difficult to catch up if you're if every single night you know that other teams you're trying to catch up on are also playing in the, inside your division. You get a five-game losing streak going on this year, and you got to understand that it's it, like last year when we started out at the and we had a very bad start. Uh, uh, but the advantage was that when we were watching other teams, that that they might be losing, like um, say Dallas would lose to Toronto. Okay, nobody would get points, so there'd be no no advancement. Or uh, if uh, anybody in our division. Quite frankly, Nashville would lose uh, to Tampa. Whatever. I mean, there was there was no points gained anywhere this year. If you're you have a five game losing streak and Anaheim is playing L.A., somebody's gaining on you. Every game, yeah. somebody's going to be gaining by getting points. So if you don't get points on a consistent everyday basis, you're in trouble. It, I mean, it's going to be so much more difficult to catch up. It's going to be interesting also this year, trades, Bruce. Like, you know, there's so many wrinkles. I was talking to a GM just before we did this podcast that was telling me that it is very quiet out there right now. And he, he thinks there's multiple reasons for that. Even with waivers, it's hard with the, the border issue and the quarantines to ever acquire a player between countries right now. Because, you know, if you trade for a player, he's probably not going to you know be able to play for a while. But the other thing is that everybody's trying to wrap their heads around the rules here and how taxi squads will work and how to manipulate the cap. And and that right now there's really not a lot of talk out there because everybody's just trying to wrap their head about how this shortened season is going to go with what you were just talking about, that right now we might not see a lot of moves for a while. No, I don't think you will, because I think everybody's going uh, this is this is new territory for everybody. And so they want to see what they got, what the rules are, um, and and to see how it works out. I mean, especially with the taxi squads. I mean, if they play four games in the first week and they run into three injuries, they'll find out whether the taxi squad is good enough, um, mm-hmm. whether they're minor – like, I mean, their minor league clubs haven't even started practicing yet. So, I mean, uh, they're basing everything on their taxi squad. But if, if all of a sudden you get some injuries and these guys aren't good enough, you might have to – out of uh, just have to make a trade, but it's something you don't ever want to do is have to make a trade because you have to make a trade. So uh, I think people are going to wait and see, and maybe the trade deadline becomes an important date. And uh, especially if uh, by that time uh, that there may be a trickling of fans in the building, if they allow it, if this pandemic get loosens up a bit or, or, or what have you, things that we, can't tell right now are going to happen. So, um, but I think they, they've got their teams and at the beginning of the season, anyway, Mike, every team thinks they can, wow, we got a good team. Look at these guys. We're, we're going to win. We're going to win. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And the, the problem with that is, and I'm convinced a hundred percent is you can look good when you're playing against yourself. And that's what they're doing right now. They're playing against Mm -hmm. themselves themselves, but their, their self, that team, might not be that good. 
So, I mean, all of a yeah. sudden you start playing against the Tampas and you realize how good other teams are. Then they start making some trades. But I've never seen a, uh, too many GMs at the start of the season say, yeah, well, we're horrible because they're the ones, the GMs made the deals all summer long. So, I mean, they got to think that they're they're looking pretty good right off the bat. Yeah, no doubt about it. I, I think that sometimes watching Minnesota right now in, in practice, Bruce, it's, it's uh, you know, it's like, well, yeah, maybe, you know, their center issue is not a big deal because guys like Rask and Bukestad and all these guys are looking so good. And then you try to caution yourself to remember from history, like, all right, they're only playing each other. Let's hold off so you actually play other teams. We're talking with Bruce Boudreaux. Um, Bruce, I want to talk to you a lot about the league, and I got a lot of tw- Twitter questions. Um, one wild question I do want to ask you is – um. You did have to be tickled pink that, that Jared Spurgeon was made, made captain. I know um, in the past when I talked to you about him, you always referred to him as, quote, perfect, uh, both as a person and as a player. This has got to be, I mean, that's one probably piece of the wild news that actually did delight you last week. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the one thing you love is for good things to happen to really good people. And Jared Spurgeon is, uh, um, is as good a person as you're going to get. You're never going to... I don't think you're going to ever wake up one morning and pick up the paper and hear anything negative that Jared Spurgeon as a person did. And then I don't think after any game, well, he's going to have the odd bad game like everybody does. But consistency is uh, is one of his greatest strengths. I remember uh, him coming off that broken finger that he had last year. He struggled uh, in one game and, you know, he never complains at all. But I knew the next night that he would do something special. And I think we played Ottawa and he got two goals and we won the game. And um, But it, he takes so much pride in his ability to play the game that when things don't go right, he's not blaming anybody. Jared Spurgeon is is sitting there and saying, I got to be better. I'm going to do it better. And, and he does. And he overcomes uh, any obstacle that's in his way. And... Uh, uh, there's, there's just something that you have to respect about that so much. I mean, he's gone through a couple injuries that I, when I had him and never once did he complain. He just, he tried to get back as quick as possible, did everything perfect uh, and, uh, uh, and came back. And even if he wasn't at, a, as soon as he was eligible to play, he would play, even if it was at 70%. I mean, you remember three years ago in the playoffs, the he Winnipeg was, series. the Winnipeg series, he might've been 50, 60%, and, but he never said a, a word, never complained, never said, I can't go coach. He just was, was doing whatever he could to help the team. And uh, uh, it was the same as uh, when he broke his hand in December down in Florida last year. When he came back, you know, we knew we were always in a, we were in a, a dogfight um, playoff positioning wise. He came back early and, and played his heart out. So I, I am so glad that he's finally getting some recognition. And it's getting recognition all all over the league. People used to know about him, but they didn't know him. They wouldn't, you know, like you never seen him uh, getting votes for any awards or anything. And, and like, I mean, here's a defenseman that's going to get 50 points again this year, play in every situation. And if Minnesota wins, he's going to be one of the main reasons why. Yeah, I was really happy for him, Bruce, uh, and I know that he's I'm doing a huge feature on him, actually, that will run later today or, or tomorrow morning. And, uh, I mean, it's really good behind-the-scenes stuff about his family. His, uh, his, <laughs> his wife was awesome in this story. So um, I still remember this, this one anecdote years ago, Bruce, where um, – 
there was this little kid running around practice while we were as reporters watching. And Mike Yo kept on looking up in the stands wondering who this kid was. And he was playing with Pominville's kid. And all of us after practice were trying to figure out whose kid it was. And we all found out that it was Spurgeon's kid. And none of us even knew that he had a child. It was just like, oh, no, you know, he was just like this. Yeah, it was just hilarious. when you look at him and um, you don't think he's old enough to have children. Um, yeah. Like I remember Chuck when I first got the job in mini and saying, hey, and we got this Jared Spurgeon. He's a really good player. You're really going to like him. And uh, and uh, being coming from Anaheim and only playing Minnesota three times a year. You didn't really know him. He was young at the time. And you, you, you said, and I'd say, yeah, Chuck, yeah, you're right. You're right. And then I saw him for the first time and I went right up to Chuck's office and I said, Chuck, how can this guy be any good? He's five, six, 150 pounds. Uh, and <laughs> you, you have your doubts and then you watch him play with the smoothness in his skating that he has and everything else. And you go, man, Everybody wants this guy on his team. You'd love to have him. Yeah, no doubt about it. Perfect citizen. Um, let's let's uh, go to some Twitter questions, and then I do want to kind of, if you're okay with it, Bruce, maybe run through some of the divisions. Um, sure. And, and kind of get your prognostication. It'll be a little uh, dress rehearsal for you for your first NHL Network gig this week. Um, Perfect. Jack Woolery asks, um, how are you able to handle uh, all the fanfare in the NHL? I know you were a favorite in Minnesota, and that was apparent when a handful of fans approached you at Wild Bills, including me, and he po- posts a picture of you and him. That must have been after a game because you're wearing a suit. Wild Bills is that restaurant here in Woodbury, right? Yeah, that's where me and Chris. Yeah, that, used I, to, I actually. Yeah, go yeah. after a game. Sometime. Remember the first. Man, you're an athletic first. Do you remember the first big article I did at The Athletic was I did a whole tour of like your house and all the stuff you had in your basement. And then we went to lunch at Wild Bill's. Um, yeah. So, was, yeah, that was your place. Um, but but how do you handle the fanfare? Because you are uh, one of the most approachable people, I think, in the league. You know what? Uh, I never I, I just uh, appreciate the fans. Like, I mean, very I don't know if any time a fan is come up to me and said, Hey, you guys stink. You're awful. Get out of town or anything. <laughs> and, uh, but they pay their money and they're the, the guys that, uh, that not only come to the game, but support you. And, and, and if it wasn't for them, there would be no sports. And I'm the same way as a sports fan. Like, I mean, uh, when I go to, uh, when I've seen people from Notre Dame, or if I uh, go to a baseball game and, and met the Blue Jay guys and or the Yankee guys. I'm in awe. These guys are they're always very nice to me, and I always thought I'd be very nice to them. And I and I think especially got it when I went to the NHL the year before. I was with Andy Murray and um, Bill O'Flaherty, who used to be the director of uh, player personnel there, said Andy Murray was so good with the fans, and they all love him, and we love him for it. And I thought that's, you know, sort of the kind of guy that I want to be, even though I thought I was that kind of guy already. But I wanted to make sure that I was approachable and that if people came up and asked me questions on the spot, I'd answer them on the spot. So, I mean, it's uh, it's uh, I just think it's that's my personality. And um, and I hope that doesn't change for me. Yep. Andy Murray still coaches, I think, Western Michigan. Yeah. Western Michigan. Yeah. And uh, he started actually high schools, right? Or Sha- uh, some- Shattuck or maybe? He was in Shattuck and that's where he started. Yep. And uh, um, I-, I still, you know what, I learned so much from him. And 
Uh, I still think he was the best coach Canada had at the uh, World Championships because nobody could prepare a team in a short period of time like Andy Murray could. And uh, uh, that, you know, I thought I thought he he was as thorough. He was as close to Roger Nielsen thoroughness that I've ever met before. Right. We're talking uh, with Bruce Boudreaux, uh, who uh, is we'll call you an aspiring NHL coach. Bruce. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm a young, a <laughs> young up and comer. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, it's funny because you bring up, uh, uh, you know, nobody in a short period of time to get a team ready. I mean, that could be your next gig, right? I mean, you've done it with Anaheim. You did it with Washington. Uh, you've been successful in both those those things. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens this year because I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on teams. Well, yeah, and I hope, uh, like, that's the the one thing I think, you know, I mean, if I'm talking about myself at all, uh, that I've got going for me is um, I've been able to take over a team in midseason, and both Anaheim and, and Washington were in uh, dead last place uh, in the NHL when I took them over. The one we went and we won the division that year, and the other uh, we we were well over 500 um, uh, by the by the end of the year yep. uh, with Anaheim, and uh, went on to win divisions. Uh, uh, years after, and I think I'm hoping that if it if it does happen, that people or coaches or GMs understand that that's what I'm capable of doing. So, uh, you know, who knows? I mean, I don't wish anybody to lose their job, but I just know it's an inevitable thing, and it happens in all sports. Uh, you look at football since it's been done; how many guys have been replaced, and and it's going to be it's going to happen through the end of time, and I just want to be ready if if somebody's loses yeah. their job and I'm uh, I want to be ready for it. Yeah, you look at that Washington uh, year. You guys went thirty seven seventeen and seven to actually win the Southeast uh, last to first. Mm-hmm. You forced George McPhee into keeping you. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was only supposed to be there for the weekend, and uh, uh, because I think the way the story that I've heard is he wanted Dale Hunter, okay, who he obviously knew and was quite a caps uh, person but he had a uh, he was coaching in London in the OHL and they had a big weekend and he wanted to be there for the weekend so we came up and we won three games um, while he while he was doing that and George says well hold on another couple days here and then we just kept winning I think we won seven out of our first eight and and uh, George liked what he saw, and he just said, okay, why don't we hold off and do this at the end of the year? And then the, it just kept be- getting better and better and better. And, you know, fortunately, won Coach of the Year that year. So uh, it was pretty hard to let me go at that point. <laughs> um, how much do you think uh, just work? You know, I know you watch every single game every night anyway. You're, you're a hockey nut. But how much do you think working at NHL Network will actually keep you really – uh, knowledgeable about the league because I bet that'll be the big thing here is that if you're going to step in right away, you're going to need to know all these teams and need to know essentially, um, you know, how, how to step in in such a weird truncated season. Yeah, no, you know what, you're going to have to, instead of studying one team like you, you do for the most part on your own team when, you, when you're when you in control, I, I got to, there, there's 31 other teams that you sort of, 30 other teams that you have to really look at and, uh, um, I don't think I'm going to change much. I mean, as far as that goes, Mike, I mean, I watch every game every night. I read all the 
the, the sports things the next day. And if something catches my eye as far as what's going on uh, uh, with the team, uh, I'll, I'll turn in and look at their highlights and, and see if I can notice anything uh, just for myself because it's just something I do. And so, but I will be ready if anybody uh, needs me to jump in because I think I will know the personnel uh, uh, fairly well. It's, it's not like I was jumping from the American League. I mean, coaching in the league for 14 years, um, you get to, you meet a lot of people that move on to other, other teams. And certainly somebody's going to know me on any team that if I was able to go to. And, and I think that word would, would spread pretty quick. Right. No doubt about it. Uh, Jason Skyberg uh, asked, or I didn't make this clear at the beginning. You're, uh, he, he, you're not selling your share in the Coon Rapids team, right? You're no, no, it. we're keeping Coon yeah. Rapids. We just wanted, um, we're here in Hershey and I get, it's pretty hard to, uh, watch a game in Coon Rapids when you're 16 hours away. So, uh, I sort of just thought this was perfect. We, lo- we love what we've done in Coon Rapids and what Jay Witt has done and what our son Brady has done. And the uh, and the billet families there, they've all become one big, huge family. And I think we've created a, a culture in, in that little area that everybody now expects, um, uh, you know, the, the blue ox t- to be there. And we don't ever want to, you know, we're not the people that just hit and run and stuff like that. We wanted to want to keep that going. And we just thought we could uh, do the same thing here in Hershey. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Back here with Bruce Boudreau, the former coach of the Minnesota Wild, now NHL studio analyst and a big The Athletic supporter. Um, Crystal set up his account before he even asked for it, which I think is still pretty awesome. Um, and as Bruce knows, Bruce knows better than anybody. We have tons of podcasts throughout the platform. We just started the Athletic Hockey Show with Ian Mendez and Haley Salvian. It debuts. It debuted Monday. The Athletics uh, Dom Lashijan, who did a preview on every team in the NHL, uh, jam packed with player rankings and things like that. He joins the show. NHL Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly is on two man advantage this week with Scott Burnside and Pierre LeBrun. And Corey Pronman, the Athletics prospect writer, joins Craig Custance this week on the full 60. Back here with Bruce Boudreaux on Straight from the Source. And if you want to subscribe to The Athletic, now is the time. $3.99 per month if you go to theathletic.com slash straight from the source. Highly recommend it. Um, Bruce, let's talk a little bit about the league. Uh, you know, it's just going to be, as we were talking earlier in the show, it's just going to be fascinating with every team only playing inside the division. As you know, being uh, the proud Canadian that you are, the proud Leafs fan that you grew up being, uh, that North division is going to be just an absolute uh, thrill for people north of the border. Uh, seeing Toronto, Vancouver, Edmonton, Montreal, Calgary, Winnipeg, and Ottawa all playing at each other. How do you see that uh that coming out because I think a lot of people are just assuming that Toronto is just going to win that division by a long shot, but there are, you know, some, some sleepers maybe with Montreal, even Ottawa should be much better. And obviously Edmonton. Yeah. You know what? And Vancouver. It's funny because uh, I think the country Canada is going to, going to really love that only because they're going to have, um, they're, they're so proud 
individual like uh, uh, where they live and everything. So, I mean, I, I think pro provincially that that they're going to have bragging rights on almost every game. And uh, and everybody's going to want to beat Toronto because Toronto in Canada is the big bad wolf. I mean, they've got the most people, the most money, the most publicity. So the, the, every team will be out for them. But I, you know what? I I follow follow them and look at them. I don't see them running away with it. I mean, uh, they've got some dynamic players, but uh, uh, I do believe that I really like, you know, Montreal uh, this year. Uh, uh, I mean, first of all, I think Claude Julien's a really good coach. But it, secondly, I I just think if you look at their depth on defense, in goal, and up up front, um, you know, if the if the kids uh, Kakinen and Suzuki play like they did in the playoffs and got better like they're, they're going to be a team to team to beat i really do believe um so i mean you, you can look at edmonton is is gotten better but i'm not sure they're goaltending um uh, montreal like i said i really like i think winnipeg will bounce back if they can stay healthy i mean they got two great lines and and their defense held up last year I don't know if they can hold up again, but they've got a great goaltender to back them up. Calgary's gotten much better. I think Vancouver was as good a team in the playoffs as uh, uh, as, as most, and I think they've got some great young players. So, I mean, I don't think it's a walk for Toronto at all. Besides, Toronto's, I mean, they've got Ottawa in the, in the same province, and Montreal's not far, but everything else is going to be a lot of travel on them. And, uh, I, you know, I think there's a lot of travel on every team, but in the, in that division, but I, I, I think Montreal is going to win. I think Toronto might end up in third. I think Calgary in second and Vancouver and Edmonton kicking it up for fourth and fifth and, and Winnipeg right in there. So, I mean, I think it's going to be a real battle because I think, I think everybody will, uh, in, in their prognostications, will say that everybody's got a chance to make the playoffs in that division except for maybe Ottawa, and Ottawa should be better. I mean, they've come out and said they're going to be better. The time is sort of now. So, I mean, I think the pressure's on even Ottawa to win some more games this year than they have in the last uh, couple of years. No doubt about that. Let's go to the East, which I think is the hardest division. How about the, this? I mean, you got Philly and Pittsburgh. You got all three New York area teams and the Islanders and the Rangers and obviously Devils, who I think are going to struggle. Mm -hmm. um, Buffalo should be better. Um, and you got the Capitals and the Bruins. I mean, who wins that division? And, and how? I mean, can you imagine that only, only four teams are going to make it? That's going to be crazy because every game there is going to be a playoff game. And, uh, yep. um, you know, it, it's unfortunate, I think. Uh, I really like Eric Stahl, but I don't, I don't think Buffalo has much of a chance of making the playoffs against those guys. I don't think New Jersey has much of a chance of, of making the, the playoffs this year. So that leaves uh, six teams for four spots, and all six teams are good. And all six teams, you know, I think uh, the, the losing teams there will be based on, on major injuries or getting uh, injuries during the season. And um, another job I've got, Mike, just to let you know is, is I'm doing the, the pregame and postgame on uh, Caps games. So I'll be able to see them wow. a lot, um, uh, you know, periodically, like when I'm not doing the NHL Network uh, 
uh, I'll be doing Caps games. So it's that'll be fun. So I'll be able to probably watch them more often than than most teams uh, this year. But uh, um, I think they're I think they're good. I think Samsonov is is a really good goalie. And I mean, they've strengthened every position they've got and they still got, they're older. And so I think they'll be a little more desperate to win right now. So I, I think the Caps are going to um, hold off. I'm not sure about Boston. Boston's still got a, a great team, but uh, something tells me they're not playing uh, the Atlantic Division foes every night. I think they're going to slip back a little bit. I think Philadelphia is going to take a step up. Pittsburgh's going to be iffy in there. Um, uh, uh, you know, so I mean, there's a lot of teams that can that can win there in, in that division, but it's going to be pretty tight. Yeah. I still think the Caps will Caps will win, and I think Boston will be fourth, Philadelphia second, and um, who else did I say would be third here? I don't know. I forget. I'm going through all these teams uh, so quick. Philly. Uh, well, you said Philly. Philly uh, second. Islanders. The Islanders and, Island, and Rangers. The Islanders and Rangers. I don't think the Rangers will be there this year. Um, I just don't. But I think the Islanders, with Barry, always find a way to manage to get in there, and uh, and I think they'll be the other team in there. Yep, uh, it'll be really, really interesting there. Let's go to the Central, Bruce. Uh, you got the th- three of the teams from the uh, from the old Southeast Division that you once won. Mm-hmm. Uh, a uh, the division, the uh, Lightning, the Panthers, and the Carolina Hurricanes. You got the Detroit Red Wings moving into this division, and then you got the Columbus Blue Jackets. So you really, they're calling it the Central, but there's only three Central Division teams in there. Nashville, Chicago, and Dallas, who's already uh, had to shut the doors a little bit uh, because of uh, 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 basically a COVID-19 outbreak. You know, Dallas is the one, it, it's the, the interesting team is they've gotten some major injuries um, uh you know, from last season and Sagan and Bishop and everything else. Now they have the, the COVID uh, uh, thing. Um, so, I mean, it's, you know, coming out of the gate might be a little difficult for Dallas and that's where you worry. Um, because if, if, if they, if they come out of the gate and they're, and again, in the first 10 games, they fall behind, they're going to be hard pressed to, uh, uh, to make the playoffs, but I still think they're good enough that they're going to be right there. Uh, I think, you know, for some reason, Nashville, I, I really like that team. I don't know why uh, they fell off the last couple of years as much as they did as far as being able to um, uh, to win, like when they went to the finals after that. But, I mean, uh, I was really happy to see Michael Granlin go back. I like Eric Halla as a depth center. I mean, uh, I, I think these guys, they still have their defense, which is going to be solid. And if if Soros uh, can play most of the games, <clears throat> and when Rene comes in, he just does, he, he plays the way he's capable of. I thought he had a bad year last year. But then I think Nashville will be right up there. Um, I think Carolina and Columbus are always, uh, are really good teams from the East that are going to jump in. I don't think Detroit is anywhere near ready to make the playoffs yet. Um, so, I mean, I don't think Chicago, I think with what's happened to them with their injuries to two main guys in Taves and Doc are, are going to be hard pressed, uh, especially with, they're the one team I think in the NHL that has no goaltending, um, no number one goaltender. And so they're going to be, it's going to be a struggle for them. So, uh, in my mind, 
it's it's um, Tampa's going to win, but Carolina, Columbus, Nashville, are and Dallas are all going to be right there in the end. And uh, finally, last division before we go back to Twitter questions, uh, Bruce, uh, who will win the West? Dun 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 <laughs> dun, 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 dun. This uh, this will be interesting. No, I think they got three good team three at the start of the season when you're looking at it on paper. I mean, uh, Vegas, Colorado, St. Louis yep. are, you know, like, I mean, the, the cream of the crop. Um, and then you've got, you know, your other five teams that uh, any one of them, uh, if you look at people that do the, the guessing, I mean, I was reading, a, a, I think, an NHL Network thing last night uh, where they have 14 or 15 guys doing – what their their predictions are, and Minnesota had a lot of votes. Anaheim had votes. L.A. had votes. San Jose had votes. Arizona had votes to end up fourth place, and I think that's the way it's going to be. I, I mean, I've always liked Minnesota's team. I think that um, we were uh, lacking at the center a little bit last year, but I think uh, uh, you know, and Billy and everybody has talked about the goaltending. I think if the goaltending was 10% better, we would have been uh, uh, safely in the playoffs and as we were the previous two years. And I think that that they're c- quite capable of being not only the fourth team, but pushing the the other teams because they, they got five uh, really good defensemen um, and they can rotate them in and they can play. If they're goaltending and it's been uh, really good supposedly in, in camp, can hold up then I think they're going to be good because, you know, they've got some pretty good depth on, uh, they may not have, uh, they may have a budding superstar in Kaprasov and Fiala, but I mean, they've never had the superstar forward, but maybe they, they've always had great balance. So I, I believe Minnesota can be there. Uh, I think they're ahead of Anaheim. I think they're ahead of San Jose. Uh, I'm, I'm really not a fan of Arizona's team. Um, uh, quite frankly, and L.A. will depend on how good their young kids mm-hmm. are and if they make it, if the Turcots make it the, um, uh, the, the second pick in the draft, if he if he comes in and he makes it. Uh, yeah, if, if those guys if those guys make it and they're as good as advertised, then L.A. will be right up there. Quick will be rested. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking that he's got to have a better year than he's had the last two Jeff Carter's fully healthy for the first time in two years. I mean, Kopitar, they're all getting up there and Dustin Brown and that, but they're, they're good players with a lot of pride. So uh, I think if their young kids are okay, LA will be making a push as well. Do you think in a shortened season that, you know, I, I think that arguably John Gibson's the best goalie in the division. Do you think in a shortened season, if he gets off to a hot start that Anaheim could surprise people or, or probably not? Um, I don't think they have enough scoring. I've got a lot of time for John Gibson. I, you know, he's a great goaltender, and I was really lucky to to have him um, and Freddie Anderson uh, at the same time. Even though they were both 21, and younger goalies take a little bit of time to to mature and get better. But if their defense plays strong in front of them, Gibson will stop the puck. I just don't think they have the scoring. Uh, even if Zegras comes into Anaheim who had a great world junior and is it, you know, can be half the dominant player that he was there. They'll have a budding superstar, but I don't know if he's 
able to carry this team over the hump yet. Let me ask you one wild uh, question. Uh, Nick Benino, he's somebody that's new on the wild that really um, has impressed me throughout camp, not just on the ice, but his presence uh, when we talked to him on the Zooms. Um, you know, he's just got this sort of way about him. Uh, you had him sort of at the beginning of his career. What, what type of person and player is no, he? Yeah, I had him for three years, uh, four years, actually. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love Nick Benino. Uh, I as a person, he's the same as Jared Spurgeon. I mean, uh, he's one of my all-time favorite players. He's a complete – everybody on the team will love this guy. He's funny. He keeps loose, but he works his butt off. I mean, he's not the fastest skater. Everything happens. Nick Nick is one of these winners, and I'm sure that's why Billy got him is, is he had him in Pittsburgh. He'll block shots. He'll kill penalties. He once told me, he says, hey, coach, you know what? I know I get – 17 minutes a game but i'm uh don't uh, uh he says i'm one of the lowest forwards five on five because i used to play him as fourth line um center but at the same time he killed every penalty was on every power play he could do he could do everything wins face-offs all of those important things nick does i think the people of minnesota because they know hockey will come to appreciate what he does and he lays his body on the line every night for the team and that's why he's so sought after. He's not a very good skater, but in, in crunch time, he comes up with the big goals. I think when he was with Boston College, he scored in the last minute to win the – it was BU or yeah, BU. BC. I get them mixed up. BU. BU. And to win the, 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 you know, the college championship when he was with me, uh, he scored the overtime goal against Dallas to, uh, to move on to the next round. He's always seems to be in the last – five minutes if you want a guy he doesn't get nervous he just goes out and does it so Mm -hmm. i mean um i would take him on my team any day yep that's that's awesome to hear it's funny what you were saying about skating because one of the biggest things that i've noticed in camp is i was i was wondering how he was going to look with fiala and johansson on each of his wings fiala is obviously a blazer and johansson plays the game with uh you know he's he's a very good skater as well but it, it really hasn't been obvious at all that that Nick's having trouble keeping up. In fact, he seems to support him as that third guy high. So it'll be interesting how that goes this year. Um, Bruce, let's go back to some Twitter questions. I have some really good ones here. Uh, here's a great one. This is a good question to get you thinking here. If Bruce could choose ha- between having the coaching career you've had or a similar run as a player, what would you do? Would you, st- would you, you know, what would you uh, have rather had? Uh, Quite frankly, uh, I love coaching, but play, there's nothing that beats playing. Mm-hmm. Nothing that beats playing. Um, I played 17 years and loved every second of it. If I could have done it in the NHL, if I was a little bit smarter when I was younger, I would have loved it. Uh, uh, but I would. they both have so many positive things, but uh, I would have loved, I think, to be a great player. And um, that's... Uh, uh, that's you know something I'll I kick myself in the in the ass about all the time, but it certainly taught me great lessons to when I became a coach. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer, if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Um, Jay Bakes asks, uh, who is your favorite player to coach of any of your former teams? Uh, and what was your favorite wild player to put on the ice in clutch situations? Um, again, I think I've answered that a lot in that, uh, uh if it was defensively, it would be obviously Spurgeon and, uh, uh, Spurgeon and Suter. Oh, every time they went on, I felt, felt comfortable. Brodeen feel really comfortable about not making mistakes when he's on his game. Uh, he can play 28 minutes and, and he doesn't even get a sweat going. Um, up front, uh, I always had uh, a lot of confidence if we needed to protect the, protect the game to put Miko out there, uh, because he thought defensively all the time. And even if he was like, say, six and 18 on faceoffs, you put him out there at the end of the game, he bared down a little bit more and he would usually win it. Um, so I, I, I loved him in Washington. Nick Backstrom was my favorite player, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I saw him from 20 years old to, to 25 years old, and just his growth was amazing. I thought the, um, I, I really liked Alex uh, in, and, and Nick in, in that time, but I had my guys that I had in Hershey uh, in Washington. Who you be, When you're a coach in the American League, you become closer to the players. Yep. It's just what it happens. And So the Mike Greens and the Brooks Lakes and the Dave Steckles – uh, all were my favorites. Boyd Gordon, I, I, we had such a great relationship. And in, in Anaheim, uh, again, I thought, uh, like, I thought I, I got along really well with Ryan Getzlaff. Um, and, uh, you know, the Nick Beninos, uh, were really Kyle Palmieri, uh, Matt Bolesky. I really liked those guys. I mean, uh, they worked their butt off and, and they were really so good to me. And, uh, it's hard not to, uh, appreciate and what, when you watch them, what they do. Yep, no doubt about that. Um, Steve Ash, um, we talked about this on the last uh, podcast. Um, he wanted to know if you're aware of the gift presence that you have out there. Um, it, he thinks it shows your fire and emotion and wants to know what you and your mom, mom think. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? The <laughs> gifts out there, the, got, the diaries of you, uh, the little short videos oh, on Twitter. Yeah, I <laughs> But you know what? <laughs> I don't think about them because I don't watch them. I mean, uh, you know me. I'm really technologically incapable of having all of those things on my phone. I was so reminded of I that when I heard Crystal setting up your computer uh, to start this podcast. So. <laughs> yeah, like Facebook and Twitter and that I try to stay away from um, and, and gifts and all that. I don't. Hey, listen, people want to have fun. Have fun. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I've seen a few of them and I laugh at them. I yeah. mean, if I can't laugh at myself, who can I, what can you laugh at? But I mean, uh, so, you know, I mean, there's a lot of them out there and I'm, I'm glad I touch people, uh, uh, <laughs> to the point where they, they want to do stuff with me or, or about me or anything. Yeah. So, I mean, but, but I mean, I think, uh, my mom is, she's just learning how to, uh, get a, she just got a cell phone the other day, uh, <laughs> about a month ago. And she keeps butt dialing me and she, she's, and I phone her back and she's apologizing all the time. She's oh, just trying to play with the phone. I didn't know. <laughs> so, so she's learning at 88 years old 
what a cell phone is all about. So, that is hysterical. So good. Uh, my favorite uh, gif of you is the one where you go crazy on the bench, and then it just has the big, uh, <laughs> the big uh, uh, message that comes across that says "darn." So I just think it's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's because there's a lot of a lot of um, uh, bad words thrown in there yeah. too. <laughs> well, one of my favorite uh, uh, of you going nuts on the bench was the one that was actually manufactured that none, none of your teammates or assistant coaches knew when you and Paul Dvorsky, Dvorsky concocted. Uh, that of uh, you going crazy on him in the middle of a game or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, the funniest thing about that is he stopped. He was skating the other way towards in the second period towards the other net. And uh, um, he stopped dead in his tracks and came back at me. And, and I knew this was the time to go at him. And we both went at him. And I've got players on the bench grabbing me by my suit, sit down, sit down, you're going to get kicked out and everything like this. And I knew exactly what I was doing. Paul knew what I was doing. And it, we had a pretty good laugh about that when it was all over. Yeah, it <laughs> so was. Uh... He didn't give us a penalty. The, the priest uh, before that, uh, he had said, listen, Bruce, like, I mean, we were just talking casually off the ice when he says, hey, listen, I don't have a problem with you using bad language or anything <clears throat> against me. Um, so if you have a problem, I'll never give you a penalty unless you get really nuts. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, you can use the F bombs at me and call me names and that, and I might call you names and that, but we'll just go at it and then everything will be fine two minutes later. So then this thing occurred and it happened. It just, you know, it, it was funny. We had a good laugh about it. And, and I had to tell Mike Knubel, uh, I said, as soon as it, it was done, I said, don't worry, Mike. Everything was okay. We set this up. We set this up. It was good. <laughs> that is funny. Um, let me uh, just ask a couple more Twitter questions, Bruce, and then I'll uh, let you go. You're, again, as always, generous with your time. Excited to watch you on pre and post for Caps games and NHL Network this year. Um, that's no, has, the, has the Caps announcement come out yet? I think NBC made the announcement. Okay. Um, that's what I'm doing with NBCSN and it's like I'm doing Zooms. Like I'm not going to the Caps games or anything, okay. but I'll be on before and after the games. And this month, I think I'm on the 22nd, 26th, and 28th. Um, and then it'll get going more, I think, in February and March. Right. Awesome. Who do you think, uh, let's see, Nicholas Crage asks um, uh, about Ovechkin, uh, if you think he'll win the win the Rocket again in a shortened season? Well, you know what? It's... I think it's better for him if it's a shortened season because um, when you're getting older, the grind might might take its toll. But, I mean, if he stays healthy, I mean, he's going to get 35 goals. So if, if 35 goals is is uh, uh, going to win the Rocket, he's very capable of doing it. I mean, I think Austin Matthews, if he stays healthy, is going to be right there. The same with the Pasternak's. And, of the world, I think it should be a good battle. But I mean, I, I think you can never count Ovi out. I mean, um, his shot is so lethal that as long as he can still shoot, he's gonna he's gonna score goals. And if uh, the only thing that might be difficult, he's playing against some of the best defensive teams in the league this year, in only in his division, he's not gonna see a lot of weak sisters at all. So it might be goals might be a little more difficult to come by. But I gotta believe when push comes to shove, he's still gonna score. 
Wow, yeah, I'm just looking 2012-13, which is a 48-game season. This, again, is 56. Mm-hmm. Ovi led the league with 32 goals, so 35 and 56 games, not out of the realm of possibility for a guy that can still shoot the puck uh, like he can. Stamkos that year had 29, Tavares had 28, Jeff Carter had 26. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if anybody can get to 30 this year at 56. You'd think it would absolutely happen. Yeah, it's going to happen somewhere. I mean, um, if you look at the Pacific Division, they might not be the the greatest uh, defensive division in the league. And, I mean, there's some pretty good offensive players in that division that might be able to to get 25 to 30 goals. I mean – I'm really interested in to see Kevin Fiala's growth to see uh, uh, if he can continue what he did for the last half of last year. If he does, then uh, he's going to be right up there because, as you know, you watched every game. He was a threat in the last 40 games almost every time he touched the puck. Right. Hey, uh, uh, just one last question for you, Bruce. Um, you know, I know that you're a huge movie buff. I uh, love watching Netflix, things like that. Anything new that you've watch lately that you guarantee that uh fans will love movies i don't know or... if they'll watch but i just finished i just finished watching all three seasons my buddy turned me on to koba kai which is uh, oh, the um, uh karate kid basic, you know basically the karate kid and i thought that was the the storyline was was pretty easy to follow and everything but it was pretty entertaining um other than that like I'm like everybody else. I want, I want to see all the, the blockbusters and the new movies that come out. But I mean, I've been trying to uh, stick uh, stick with. Um, uh, there's been a lot of football on recently, so I've been watching a lot of that. So and now hockey's coming on. I, the movie situation will not be that great yeah. in my household starting Wednesday. Have you seen the Bill Murray documentary? No. I'm telling you, I don't know. I think you're a big Bill Murray fan, right? You like his movies? Yeah, well, yeah, Saturday Night Live, Bill Murray, you know, some of my favorite movies in Caddyshacks and Stripes and, and so forth. But uh, I, loved I haven't about seen Bob. it. Uh, what about Bob? That was a great oh, movie. I would have I punched him out long before <laughs> Richard Dreyfuss did, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but uh, I, if you want a really good, quick documentary, I think it's on Netflix. It's either on Netflix or like uh, Prime, Amazon Prime or Tubi or something. Um, the Bill Murray stories. It's it's like life lessons learned from a mythical man or something, and it's it's a fast. It's a really good documentary, very entertaining. I highly recommend. Well, it. I'll check it out as soon as we hang up because yep. I don't have much going on today. <laughs> but it all starts uh, tomorrow. Yep. Well, last question from Connor. So, if a team called today, you'd be prepared to strap up the boots and coach again, right? Yeah, I could go. I could go right now. Um, I'm pretty uh, confident that I knew would know exactly how I would um, start it. And, and just to, like, I mean, when I went to Washington, I used this this basic uh, uh, theme here. I was, when I got called up, I said, oh, do I just follow what they're doing because I don't want to, you know, uh, rock the boat type thing. And then, uh, so I brought out practice for the first day and showed the guys. And then I went back in the room and I said, the hell with it. And I changed everything to the way I felt comfortable doing it and uh they you know they learned in two days the systems that i that i wanted the differences in the systems that i wanted implemented and uh they were good to go so i figure and i did the same thing in anaheim only difference in anaheim was that the players didn't know me it took me about two weeks 
Um, I didn't have any anybody like I had in, in Washington where there were seven players that I'd coached the year before that were uh, eager to have me there. So it's uh, – uh, but I, w- I would feel very comfortable of going in on at any short notice and uh, I have the support of everybody here at home that would uh, that would definitely um, make it easier for me. Oh, well, you got to test out those new knees. So that's another reason why you yeah. Doing, right? so. yeah. No, no, I'm looking forward to it. I was talking to somebody. I saw the doc yesterday and I said, I plan on skating in a couple of weeks. And he just looked at me and he goes, oh, no. You know, like, I mean, four weeks after um, uh, getting my knee replaced. <laughs> and But it, it feels so good. It's way ahead of everything that they thought was going to happen. So uh, I I wanted to make sure I'm ready when the call comes, if the call ever does come. Yeah. What a fun pandemic you've had, Bruce. Two knee replacements. <laughs> yeah. Can't even a little pandemic yeah. firing knee yeah. replacements moving. Oh yeah. It's been a wonderful time. <laughs> Let's get on with this new year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Hey, when you do the, uh, name the team contest in Hershey, uh, count yes. me in for Hershey kisses. That's my, that's my choice. Hershey kisses. Somebody told me the other day that the Hershey bears used to actually be the Hershey bars and they changed it to the bears. You know what? I think, when I was doing a little bit of research in the thirties, there was a, the, there was a team called the Hershey bars and there was a team called the Hershey Cubs. And I don't know if there's an, another team, like everything is trademarked. We've got to mm-hmm. look at that though. Those things too. Like, uh, I mean, there's so many fun things that you could play with it, play with this stuff. I mean, uh, the bars, you could think of how many, how many different, if you had the Hershey bars as a name, how many different uh, uh, Jersey nights you could have with the amount of different ch- uh, chocolate they have. Yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy. But I mean, we, we have a lot of fun with it. We're playing with it. And uh, uh, that's going to probably start, I would say, you know, within as soon as the website is up is when we'll start the, the, the contest. And Jay Witta, who does a great job with the, the Coon Rapids, Minnesota team, uh, uh, website is going to be doing our website so i assume it's going to be do- being uh, it's being done right now and i just wait for it to be done well that's awesome and uh yeah the the blue ox have such awesome color schemes and a great logo so i can't wait to see what you do with the uh, future hershey kisses uh, <laughs> uh bruce <laughs> um you know as always really appreciate can't wait to watch you on nhl network this week and uh again if you're an athletic uh if you're a subscriber or you listen to this podcast religiously make sure you check out our comment section for each podcast episode of the athletic app and rate and subscribe to straight from the source on apple if you're not an uh, athletic subscriber go to the athletic.com straight from the source and receive a subscription for just three dollars and 99 cents per month and bruce really 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 appreciate it What's that? No problem. But isn't every isn't everybody in athletic uh, uh, on a, got you that would, app would, right now? If like you I are a hockey it's... fan, there's no. I mean, it, like if you are a religious hockey fan, as you know, Bruce. Uh, I mean, it's no reason not to be a subscriber. It's just hockey central, but obviously we cover everything. But hopefully, I, we need more people. That's for sure. Okay. Well, I'll I'll spread the word. <laughs> Thanks, Bruce. As always. Okay, take care. Thanks, Mike.